0: Hello, and welcome to The News Cycle. I'm your host, Iris Harshaw. It's Friday, March 6th. This is a special episode of The News Cycle, solely devoted to telling Davis' story of the March 3rd elections, better known as Super Tuesday. Davis High senior Jill Watkins received her ballot by mail, filled it out, and dropped it off at a polling station. It was her first time voting. When I was growing up, my parents really encouraged me to be a productive part of society. I think it's important for people my age to vote because we're a pretty influential part of society. The young people are always the people that
1: introduce change.
0: Like Watkins, many people vote by mail for its convenience, but the majority of people still vote at polling stations. The Memorial Union polling station on the UC Davis campus was overcrowded, with hundreds of students registering to vote, dropping off ballots and voting in person.
1: If anybody has vote
0: At 7 pm, the line snaked its way from the second floor upward into multiple hallways. While waiting, many voters worked on their laptops or talked with friends, and industrial fans were brought in to keep voters cooled down. Jean Jackman, who worked there, describes her experience. Everyone's been very sweet, and then some people go, oh man, but I have a class. They had to take their quiz, and they couldn't wait for an hour and a half, so they couldn't vote,
1: and they were so disappointed. But it's going to close at 8.
0: Thirty minutes before the polls closed at 8 p.m., the line continued to grow as students tried to get in to make sure their vote was counted. The turnout was different at a West Davis poll station positioned in Patwin Elementary School's multi-purpose room, according to poll worker Kavon Barr. The
1: voter turnout, is really curious because it doesn't seem all that busy, and yet I'm sure when we get the numbers, it'll be pretty high. It's been very consistent.
0: Barr volunteered at the station from 6.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m., checking in voters.
1: When people come in, we have a roster, and the roster lists everyone in this precinct who is registered to vote. This is a primary, so it will tell us which ballots to give them. Are they a Republican? Are they a Democrat? That type of thing. And then we just pass them along to the next person.
0: There are many local groups in Davis that have been working diligently to support the individual candidates in the Democratic primary. Before Election Day on March 1st, Elizabeth Warren supporters gathered at 720 Olive Drive to call and text registered voters.
1: ...are learning a tremendous amount about how to use is, their smartphones. Right. Michelle
0: Famila is constantly
1: communicating with voters to build support for Warren. You send out several messages, usually a couple of hundred at a time. About 10% will respond to you, and then you can respond to them even over the next 48 hours. So if I have another project I'm doing, I can send them out, and then I can say say, I'm baking cookies. I can go bake my cookies and go back and check. It just was very convenient for my lifestyle.
0: Warren ended up getting 16% of the vote in Yolo County on Super Tuesday. And after failing to win in any Super Tuesday states, she announced on Thursday that she would no longer be running for president. I will not be running for president in 2020, but I guarantee I will stay in the fight. Bernie Sanders ended up winning the California primary. But his opponent, Joe Biden, won most of the other states that voted on Tuesday. UCD student Will Alpers, president of Aggies for Bernie, reflects on the results of Super Tuesday. It was a disappointment, to be sure, for many Bernie Sanders supporters. Aggies for Bernie has spent the last several months canvassing and hosting events for Sanders supporters. On Super Tuesday, the group set up a booth near the Memorial Union polling station. We like, encouraged people to go vote. We had a lot of merchandise that we gave out to people for free. We had a cardboard cutout of Bernie Sanders. Alpers is still optimistic that Bernie can win the nomination and does not believe that he would be able to support Joe Biden as the Democratic nominee for president. I don't know. I can't speak for anyone, but I don't see myself knocking on doors for Joe Biden, at least... Definitely not in California, come November. Um, Would you? Because bu- Joe Biden's not a candidate that I'm enthusiastic about. Davis is often viewed as a Democratic city through and through, but Republican politics were not absent from Davis's Super Tuesday scene. Coleman Randall hosted an election party for local Republicans on Tuesday at Woodstock's Pizza. Randall expresses why he supports President Trump.
1: My reasons for supporting Trump was that I had become irritated with how the Republican Party establishment operated, and I wanted to see a change in pace.
0: There was minimal turnout at Randall's event, but as of March 5th, the Yolo Elections Office reports that 7,290 Yolo County residents cast votes in the Republican primary. 92% 92% of those votes were for Donald Trump. But the presidential primaries were not the only things voted on on March 3rd. One prominent local race was that of the district supervisor for Yolo County's 4th District. The incumbent is Jim Provenza, who hosted an election night party filled with supporters and local community leaders. Prevenza has been a district supervisor since 2009, and this race is for his fourth term.
1: I'm running because I have been on the board of supervisors and I'm working on a number of important projects. Uh, I'm working to try to reduce homelessness in Davis and in Yolo County, and also uh, working on providing better services for the mentally ill, as well as uh, uh, senior citizens.
0: UC Davis student Brooke Pritchard the president of College Democrats of Davis, attended the party. Pritchard explains why she supports Prevenza over the other two Democratic candidates. Jim has always supported us in housing, which is a big priority for college students. He fought for us by having a memorandum of understanding with UC Davis that they can't admit more freshmen than they can house. Because um, UC Davis just wants to make money instead of caring about where we're going to live. Um, there's a lot of homeless students who are like, we jump around to couches, which is not cool. Linda Deos, Provenza's main challenger, disagrees with him on many issues.
1: All he talks about is the past. It's the past, the past, the past. I've saved the world. I've done this. I've done that. I'm talking about, I want to fix childcare. I want to do foster care. I want to fix you know, criminal justice issues, environmental issues. I'm creating a picture for the future.
0: On March 2nd and 3rd, Deos and her supporters delivered handouts and stickers to residents to remind them to vote.
1: The sticker that says, your voting place is here, to say, here it is, vote now. (laughs) It's tomorrow. The third and final candidate
0: running for district supervisor is David Abramson. He ran on a one-issue platform the Green New Deal.
1: The local Green New Deal, to me, is everything that we can do right here, right now. So we don't need to wait for people in Washington to get their you know-what together.
0: To celebrate the end of his campaign, Abramson also hosted a party on election night for his supporters. At the moment, the Yellow Elections Office does not have the official election results in, but the provisional results have Deos with 36.72% of the vote, and Provenza with 49.49%. Provenza needs to get over 50% to have an outright victory in the race. If he falls short in the final count, Deos and Provenza will go head-to-head in the November elections to determine the winner of the race. Also on the ballot on Tuesday was Measure Q, which, if passed, would extend the city's existing 1% sales tax, this money goes towards a variety of city departments, says City Councilmember Dan Carson.
1: We love having a safe community, which we have thanks to our first responders and police and fire and other services. We have a, a wide range of parks and rec programs. All of these things are supported from our general fund. And it, it wouldn't be Davis if we had to reduce or dramatically affect those things in some way because we didn't have the revenue to keep them going.
0: Measure Q is projected to easily pass based on the provisional election results. Another measure on the ballot was Measure E, which would authorize the issue of $650 million of bonds to fund facility improvements of five different community colleges located nearby. After learning what Measure E is, Sacramento City College student Caitlin Wen expresses that she doesn't think it is very necessary. I think I actually might have heard of it. It's like to improve the facilities. I don't think the facilities are like an issue at community colleges. Sac City student Janice Williams did not have knowledge of Measure E either. But after an explanation, she said that it ought to pass. People are paying for school, and people are going to get a better education, so why not improve the programs? Um, things are changing. Everything's not the same as it was 10 years ago, so it's kind of to have to upgrade and improve and stay present. The provisional results also suggest that Measure E will likely be passed. And the final measure on Tuesday's ballot was Measure G which would approve a parcel tax to fund Davis teachers' salaries. Davis parent Evan Jacobs organized a Measure G election night party in Davis's Muir Woods Community Center. He explains why teachers are paid less in Davis than in neighboring districts. The,
1: The reason being is the state now for several years has shifted funding away from Davis public schools towards other public school systems in the county and in the region. They're really focusing, and it's an admirable goal, on closing the achievement gap at underperforming schools and underperforming school districts. What that means is that we've gotten less money per pupil here in Davis than other surrounding districts. What that translates to is that we have less money to pay our teachers than other districts per pupil. So for instance, starting teachers in Fairfield just down the road make almost $10,000 more per year than a starting teacher here in Davis.
0: Some people oppose the measure because they believe there are too many special taxes on their property tax bill. But Jacobs points out that good local schools increase the value of your property.
1: To keep the school system great, to keep the education system excellent here in Davis, it's worth every penny to me.
0: Davis high teacher David Ackamore has also put time and energy into the Measure G campaign. I'm anticipating um, that it won't pass, but I I would like to be pleasantly surprised. Ackamore points out that many young teachers cannot even afford to live in Davis, and therefore could not vote to approve the measure. Measure G needs a two-thirds majority to pass, and it currently comes up short at 65.06% in the provisional election results.
1: I'm teaching in
0: this community, and even though a majority of people did vote for it, uh, it is still a statement where uh, the community has voted for parcel taxes for programs, so they value that but they don't value teachers on the same level. For Akamore and many others involved with local campaigns, it feels different now that the votes are in. I've been kind of following it every day for the last couple of months, and now it's all of a sudden over. Uh, it is kind of a, a weird feeling. There's a little bit of a void. That concludes our special election edition of The News Cycle. If you want to support the journalism that we do at the Blue Devil Hub, please subscribe to The News Cycle wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave a review in Apple Podcasts. To view the other work of student journalists at Davis High, visit thebluedevilhub.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week, Davis.